Howdy guys, I'm Aiden Matthews, and welcome to episode 9 of Aiden on Anchor, the show where I tell you about my life story, as well as my journey with this cool little app called Anchor. Episode 9, ladies and gentlemen, we have made it. I've been doing the show consistently for the past three weeks in a row now, which is good. That's awesome. I'm currently recording this on January 12th, 2019. Uh, I know it won't go up until a couple of days after the fact, but... Basically, with how this show is set up, I have college Monday through Friday, so I can't really record this at college. I mean, I have my equipment there and everything. It's not a matter of that. It's just I have a roommate, and I don't like recording while he's in there. Uh, it's just a personal preference thing of mine. Nothing he's doing wrong or anything like that. But that basically means that I have to record this podcast on the weekends, when I'm at home, and when I have all my stuff here with me. So... That's what we're doing, pretty much. So usually eight on Anchor from here on out will be recorded on Saturday and Sunday and then go out on the intended day. So that'll be fun, as always. Hope you guys are enjoying the episodes, having fun with them. I know they kind of seem rambly, but that's sort of this podcast in a nutshell. So hopefully that's been interesting. I guess first I want to talk about like my YouTube stuff that's been going on recently because I have been hard-focused on my new series, Back to the Video Games, And this past week, I worked on a pretty big episode, episode two, my Smash Ultimate review. And I went all out on it. Like, I talked about all the different aspects of the game, each section. I even covered, like, the options menu and stuff like that. So, I I put a lot of work and detail into it. One day was dedicated to B-roll. I had to record gameplay. Uh, I had to record all my on-screen stuff and just slowly compiling it all together into a feasible 27-minute video, which I still think is a little too long. I might have, should have cut some of that out, but I haven't hit the 30 minute mark with Back to the Video Games. It's what I'm trying to avoid. I don't want an episode going over 30 minutes because I feel like at that point, most people just won't watch it all the way through. They look at that time and they're like, oh, that's way too much. That's too intimidating. I'm good, Chief. I'm going to move on with my life. Um, So I'm never going to do one that's like 30 minutes, hopefully. I like to try to get them around anywhere from like 20 to 25 or shorter if possible, but That might not realistically happen episode to episode, especially with some of the topics that I end up covering later down the road. But the Smash one took a lot of work, took a lot of stuff. I figured out manual focus this time. So in episode one, the camera was auto-focusing, and because of that, it got blurry in some certain spots. Manual focus kept it pretty clean for the most part, so that's an improvement. I'm still a little bit too close to the camera, so my head gets cut off, so I'm going to have to figure out a way around that. But uh, definitely an improvement from episode one, I will say that. Hopefully, the further I get along in this, I just end up improving more and more because I'm learning so much and I'm nitpicking so much and I'm like trying to craft every detail <laughs> as we go along. And uh, sometimes I wonder if I put too much thought into it, but heck, I think the result is well worth it. So, hey, what are you going to do? Aside from that, though, uh, last week was my first quote unquote week of college. It was only two days. I only had to go Thursday and Friday. So next week will be the actual full week. But I got to meet all my teachers at the very least. So let's go ahead and talk about some of those classes and sort of my first impressions of them. Because why not? It's a show about me and my life. I, I might as well bring that sort of stuff up. So up first, we have broadcast and media writing. I am a communications major with a sequence in broadcast. Broadcast media writing should be rather expected. I'm a little bit nervous about this class personally because I'm not a great writer And I know that might shock some of you guys because you're like, oh, you're a YouTuber. You're an internet personality. You speak to a bunch of people. Uh, Clearly, you must be a writer, right? Nope. I am very much improv, 
top of the head, whatever comes to my mind, I say it kind of deal. It's only through the magic of editing or like structure that it all sort of comes together to be a watchable video. But even even in like back to the video games, there are certain spots in there where you can tell that I very much do not have a script. I don't like writing scripts. And because of that, I've sort of become not exactly the, the greatest writer. It hasn't been a strong suit of mine since like fifth grade, roughly. So I, I could definitely be learning a lot from a broadcast media writing class. But I'm, I'm just scared that I'm going to somehow mess it up or, or fail it just because it's not my strong suit. The teacher is like, yo, you don't have to be good at writing to be good at this class. And I'm like, I sure hope so, because we're about to put that to the limit. We're about to actually test that and see. So that's interesting. Uh, the other cool aspect about it is that we actually are using these like Mac computers. I don't typically use any Apple computer stuff, so that's kind of cool. Uh, moving on, next class, we'll go ahead and cover the other writing one. Intro to media writing. Um, makes sense, right? Like you have to have... Uh, broadcast media writing and the intro to media writing in order to like get the degree but typically you're supposed to take the intro like a semester before you take broadcast but because of how weird and wonky my schedule is I ended up just taking both at the same time so I'm going to be taking the intro course and the broadcast writing course at the same exact time which means I get to do double the writing and all my complaints that I had toward broadcast media writing apply here pretty much as well only this one is a bit more broad because we'll be covering a lot of different stuff but uh, still worried <laughs> still scared about that one we'll have to see how it goes maybe I'm a better writer than I give myself credit for and I'm just like a secret master writer who knows how to like put together essays and stuff but knowing myself that's probably not the case so we will have to see Moving on now, let's go ahead and talk about my two history classes. We'll start first with the 60s. This is an upper division history class. Uh, I have a minor in history, and in order to get that minor, you have to take these sort of upper level history classes, and I ended up picking the 60s because uh, that was a fascinating time in American history, and I'd love a class on that. Uh, what I didn't expect is that most of the people in that class uh, lived during the 60s, including the teacher. And what we'd be talking about would mainly be reading and not so much essay writing. Uh, we even met in like a conference room rather than a regular regular classroom. So a lot of weird stuff as far as that's concerned. Uh, the teacher is kind of uh, eccentric, I guess, would be the right word to say. I don't want to like diss the guy or, or say something mean, but he definitely has a personality uh, to him that I don't see quite often, uh, especially among teachers. So he's rather interesting. Uh, I'm sure we'll get along, though, just fine. Some of the people in the class are, are kind of weird, too. You, you notice once you start to get to, the, like, the upper division courses, like, the hardcore students that, like, take every class and a certain major or minor show up. So dealing with that is always weird because there's always these know-it-alls and people who uh, interrupt every five seconds to tell you some random factoid. Like, I don't care. Let me move on with my life. That's all I want to do. After that, we have women in European history. This was another weird one where I was just, like, looking through history classes and I'm like... But something that I haven't taken before that's like really weird and out there and I know nothing about and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I see women in European history click problem solved uh, I'm one of two dudes in that class there are only 10 people there eight of whom are girls and uh, the other guy I think is like a history major along with like education so I think he had to take it to work with the schedule so pretty much both of us ended up kind of doing it for uh, not the reason that was intended, I, I suppose. Um, the class seems interesting. The teacher was really nice. 
Uh, she brought up some really good points, and it seems like it's going to be kind of more grounded in logic and not like gender studies type stuff that you hear about from like college newspapers or PC culture type stuff that you hear about. I don't know. Uh, she seemed nice. She seemed well off. If that class turns into something uh, preachy, then I'll leave. But right now it's pretty good. So we'll go from there. Uh, first impressions are everything. So uh, that first impression was rather good. And then my final class, I've taken five in case you're counting. The final class is a math class statistics elementary probability and statistics it was the only math class that wasn't calculus so i took it and that teacher was kind of weird i couldn't quite get a vibe on her i think she's supposed to be like australian based on how she was speaking but then she brought up like bbc and like weird calculator stuff and like i don't know anything about her really at all like the other teachers kind of like introduced themselves or said something or you know added something but this one was just like math BBC, Australian accent, and that's all I know. And granted, I could have been blacking out because it's a math class, and my mind tends to drift in those because I'm awful at math. If writing, if I'm bad at writing, then I'm even worse at math. Let's just say that. Like, that's never been the school subject I've been great at. So that class I just totally zoned out of, like, 100% of the time. So that's pretty much it. That's all my classes. I have four female teachers and the, uh, teacher that taught the 60s he's the only male that i have in case you're wondering about how that breaks down gender wise i suppose but those are the classes again it was just syllabus stuff so it wasn't actually work we'll have to see later down the road if it actually like gets challenging at all but so far so good eh, i think i still have my room back i still have all the cafeteria stuff back so i'm finally re-enjoying chick-fil-a again i kind of missed it while i was gone and now that it's back it's great along with like the ice cream machine because they have like an ice cream machine in the cafeteria and you can like get this perfect swirl and you try real hard at it and I've never quite gotten it but this semester it's gonna happen it's absolutely gonna happen and I believe next week too is the start of the uh smash club and I was there last semester but that was like before ultimate came out so now I'm just, uh, interested in seeing like how it's changed what the dynamics are like and if it's any different or better or worse or what's going on there so that'll be exciting to see hopefully i've made myself some uh hot chocolate during the break you can like pause recordings in audacity so that's what i did i'm about to try it out here this might still be like too hot but i want to give it a go so let you know uh, my opinion on it mm. oh that's good i'm glad i stirred it up because it kind of gets a little powdery but Oh, that's fantastic. I'm not a coffee person at all, but I totally do get the appeal of, like, hot drinks. Ooh, just the way it goes down, like, your lungs and in your stomach just feels good. <laughs> it just feels a lot nicer than drinking something cold, in my opinion. Is this what is this what British people feel like when they drink tea all the time? Is, is that what the thing is with tea over there? I don't know. Mm. My brother Ethan, for, uh my mom's birthday and christmas it's kind of like a partial gift um he and his girlfriend went and bought my mom a, a keurig coffee machine and uh that's been really cool actually because rather than like all the work of like having to make coffee the normal way like get the grounds put the pot in fill the water up like way too much hassle and work the keurig one's just like fill up with water put in a pot and you're done it's a lot faster it's a lot quicker it's efficient 
It even warms the water up for you and everything. Like, really, really advanced stuff. But the thing I figured out about it that's interesting is that coffee is not the only thing the Keurig can do. Because all it's doing is taking hot water and whatever pod you put in it, you can do a lot of stuff, not just coffee. You can do tea, iced tea even. Uh, you can do hot chocolate, which is how I made this thing here. And uh, even like some medical like drinks and such, uh, like for the flu. Like if you're having the flu, you can get like this herbal tea or whatever and make it through the Keurig, which is really cool. It, it just means there's a lot of options available. Uh, no matter what you get with the curing. Uh, it's kind of expensive. It's like $100. And then like the pods are like 10, but you get like 16 of them. So unless you're like a heavy drinker of coffee and tea, you really do get your money's out of it, money's worth out of it. And this uh, hot chocolate one has been pretty good. I got the name brand one and not like the Swiss Miss version. I might change that next time because the Swiss Miss one's a little bit better, but this one's not bad, especially when you haven't had it in a while. Mm. I missed my chance to have hot chocolate in December, so I'm pretty much reliving it through January. <laughs> it's still winter, right? Like, people people lump in January with winter months. I'm okay with this. As long as I'm not drinking hot chocolate in March, I, I should be fine. Oh, that's amazing. All right, I'm going to put this down, or the next, like, 17 or so minutes of this podcast are going to be me drinking hot chocolate and we can't have that happen because we have more conversation to fill uh i guess one thing i've been thinking about recently that i might as well go ahead and bring up here is i've been thinking a lot about uh, old internet media and when i say old internet media i mean like 10 years ago because everything on the internet like moves fast and as a result everything kind of ages poorly uh going back and watching youtube videos from 10 or so years ago is a completely different vibe how YouTube is now. In some ways, it's better back then, but in, in some ways, it's worse. Uh, for example, I was watching some uh, Fred videos because why not? Uh, by the way, they're awful. Don't don't go back and watch Fred. That's that's a huge mistake. You will not like them at all. Uh, but I remember liking them as a kid, and I was just like shocked to see like these black bars, the camera quality, uh, some of the annotations because annotations are kind of getting like phased out through in screens. Um, some other older videos too, I remember used to like spam the screen with like 30 annotations and they were all colored because that was a way of like advertising your stuff back then was just like at the end of the video, just put a bunch of annotations on the screen or have them on the entire time. It doesn't even matter uh, whether we're referring to like old angry video game nerd, uh, old nostalgia critic. Um, if you wanted to listen to a song on YouTube, you would always have to deal with like <laughs> the blue background and white text version of it from like eight years ago and all those videos by the way if you ever go back and watch some of them they have like a million views or whatever but because monetization was in the thing it didn't make any money off of it uh nobody made money off of early youtube unless you were partnered with like a website or like a publication of some kind and so you can really see it was a lot more underground and a lot more of a passion project and in some ways i, I really do like respect that spirit and treasure that like old home video vibe that I get from early YouTube stuff. But at the same time, man, like the content we are getting nowadays is infinitely better <laughs> than, than the stuff we were getting back in like 2008 or 2007. And if you don't believe me, go back and watch some of those older videos and you will be amazed at how much of it does not hold up well, uh, especially in the joke and the humor department, because oh boy, internet humor has, uh, has evolved, I guess is one way of saying it over the past several years. So a lot of jokes that were made in like early nostalgia critic or 
early Ray William Johnson are just not funny anymore. And that sucks because that takes a large part of the enjoyment out of those videos. But it was only because they were so topical at the time. If I were to watch those videos in 2007 or 2008, they might be like some of the funniest stuff ever. But because I'm, I'm so late into the game on a lot of them, uh, it's been kind of off-putting. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the humor was a little bit rough. Sketches and skits were awful. We've definitely improved since then. Not only in like doing less of them, but if we do do like skits and sketches nowadays, they're a lot more like produced and, and well off and such. And um, we can definitely tell our ability to review things has also improved greatly. Early reviews amounted mainly to nitpicks and memes at the time. Uh, which means a lot of those videos just don't age well frequently. With so many people trying to copycat what's popular and what's uninteresting, if you have like a, a channel like Nostalgia Critic, you're bound to get like 30 ripoffs of them that do it worse and uh, not as interesting. But I don't know. Hearing about their workplace culture and how that went down and the fiasco they dealt with, I've just sort of jumped off that brand. But you see what I mean though? Like I, I've, I've been going down the rabbit hole of older videos and I'm just surprised at how much. YouTube has changed since then, like for the better and for the worse. I, I think it's interesting to look back at the site's past and, and really relive some of the videos that were nostalgic to me. Um, and most of them do not hold up upon rewatching, but some of them are relatively good. Some of them do give you just the same feelings you had when watching them back again. Uh, a lot of the angry video game nerd stuff I still really like to this day, uh, like the Godzilla episode or Faster's Quest or... Um, Back to the Future Revisited is another good one. I, I could list a lot of favorite older videos that have still held up well, but old John Tron, old Peter Winter Gamer, like all that stuff I, I still relatively like, but that, that was obviously later in YouTube's life. Right around the time we started reaching 2010, 2011, 2012, we kind of hit like that rebirth era of YouTube where everything was a little bit more highly produced. We get some interesting commentators and talent. And for the gaming scene especially, things really started to pop off there with like PewDiePie and Game Grumps and, and all these channels and the like. But we start to get a bit of a quality bump as well and, until we end up at the stage we're at now where like we are eight years past 2010, right? That, that revolution has sort of died off and tapered off and now we're sort of waiting for like the next wave of people to make a splash. And they probably already are, you know? There are probably a bunch of YouTube channels that are unaware and unknown that we simply don't know about. That could show up any day now, and they could be like amazing, and we don't even know. But I'm sure they'll they'll come up to the ranks, and we'll find more and more good stuff as the years go by. So, yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting. Now, now it's time for more hot chocolate. Mmm, it's still really hot, and I like it that way. Mmm. Ooh. Okay. So, after I'm done recording this, I gotta record a little bit of Back to the Video Games, which is a thing. I gotta go to my mom's birthday party. We're celebrating it early. So, that's a thing. And then, later tonight, I gotta record three separate collab projects. Uh, <laughs> some of which I knew about. Uh, some of them I didn't. So, let me briefly talk about what I have to do, like, just tonight. After I record this podcast, I gotta film back to the video games. Then I gotta go to my mom's party. And then I gotta record three collab stuff. One of which is another YouTube podcast. The uh, podcast I do with Zach where we talk about YouTube and our journey and all that sort of stuff. It's also on Anchor, in case you're interested. Just search another YouTube podcast and you'll find it. It's also on all the other podcast platforms as well. 
Um, so I got to record one of them tonight because we like to stay an episode ahead. And that's fine. And I expected that one. Uh, next up, I got to record some Let's Play content with uh, Parker, Carry Night Gaming. It's the first time we've collabed on something before. But we need to start recording because the channel is going to start getting active again in February. And I really need to get that series done with him. So the sooner, the better on that. And then finally, and this one came out of almost complete nowhere. I got to record some Let's Play stuff with my friend Donovan. Uh, just like he was like, hey, want to do Castlevania 3 CoCom? And I'm like, sure. And that was like a week ago. And now he's like, hey, want to record later tonight? And I'm like, sure. But like that was before all this other stuff came up. So now I'm just like way too busy and way too packed with stuff to do. But that's a good thing, honestly. There, there are some days that go by that I don't feel like productive at all. This is definitely not one of those days. I've, I've definitely felt like I've done a lot uh, over the weekend and hopefully everything gets done and I can show you those videos when they're done and you can go check them out on the YouTubes or, or Discord or wherever you wherever you look at internet content nowadays. I don't keep up with all the, the social media platforms and the like. This hot chocolate's amazing. I'm sorry. <laughs> this might be the worst podcast episode, but I, I don't want it to get cold. Like, I don't want it to, like, get cold after I'm done and I'm like, well, I made this whole thing for nothing. And it would take, like, five seconds tops to make another one. But as soon as hot chocolate gets cold, that's, like, the worst. Like, that's not what you want at all. Like, cold, cold hot chocolate might be one of the worst drinks of all time. Aside from, like, that, uh, Pib soda or whatever. I hate that stuff. I don't know who made that, but then go fuck off. Like, really, really cheap sodas. I'm fine with, like, Dollar General brand stuff and the Walmart brand stuff, but I'm talking, like, gas station cheap sodas. Those things will, like, straight up kill you. I'm pretty sure. There, there, there's some kind of nasty wrong that, like, only something as cheap as gas station soda could truly provide, and, and, and it's awful, and I hate all of it. Jeez. Jeez, O.P. Uh, I guess to sort of end out on this episode, I can briefly talk about some of the music I've been listening to as of late, because uh, in case you didn't know, I watch the top 50 singles every week as they come out on YouTube, a little channel called The Test He does it, uh, T-H-E-T-E-S-T-E-E, that's the spelling of it, <laughs> you might want to go back and, and write that down if you're interested in it. But uh, yeah, they show the top 50 singles of each week, what's trending, what's not trending, all that sort of stuff. And uh, I've, I've been listening to some of that, and I haven't been finding a whole lot, frankly. So I've been going back to like older years. And uh, one of the songs that I came across that I remember when it came out and didn't care for, but now like I, I like suddenly, is uh, Malibu by Miley Cyrus. Like, I remember when that song came out and thought it was just like, okay. But like, going back to listening to it now, in 2018, with everything that has gone on and sort of the quality of the songs that we're getting in January. Like, for some reason, I, I really, really like it now. So that song has been a constant bop in my head. And then another one is uh, called You Better Not by uh, Lewis the Child. And I forgot who the other artist was. No, 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 no. No, no, I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to forget. I have YouTube up here. Let me... Uh, Wafia. Yeah, Wafia and Lose the Child. Really great song there. It's kind of more of an electronic thing going on, but the video is good. Um, and I like the song as well. It's got this nice, like, peppy little attitude to it that I appreciate a good bit. Aside from that, I'm still 
on a pretty big Post Malone kick of all the new stuff he's been doing. Um, Sunflower in Spider-Verse is pretty pretty good. I like that song a good bit. Uh, is there anything else? I don't think so. I think I got most of the stuff. Oh, uh, that song Happier by Marshmallow and Bastille. I don't care for either of those two artists, but for some reason, the chorus of that song I really, really like. Not the rest of it, but just the chorus of it I find it interesting, especially when he goes a little bit higher. Uh, that part can be really good as well. And then on that same note, that new Panic at the Disco song, High Hopes, I don't like most of the song, but like right before the chorus hits, like the little build up into it, I think is really cool as well. So those are just two songs that I like parts of, but not the whole thing. So uh, hopefully that gives you an idea of my music taste. <laughs> it's mainly pop. It's mainly popular stuff, top 50, uh, mixed in with like older 2000s music that I remember as a child. So that's typically what I listen to. Although I'm open to anything at least at least once, at least listen to uh, deeper stuff, rock stuff, reggae stuff, whatever, whatever, man, whatever's cool with you is cool with me. Uh, but that'll do it for this episode of Back to the Video Games. I have nothing else to talk about and I really want to finish this hot chocolate. So I'm going to go do that. Let me know what you thought about this episode somewhere on the internet. However you do it on Anchor, that'd be cool. Um, if you want to sponsor this podcast, there's a feature on Anchor where listeners can support podcasts with financial monies and such. You don't have to do it. I just figured I'd mention it in case you have like money to spare and you really, really like this podcast, then go ahead and do it. If not, totally cool. I understand. I'm not 100% consistent yet on this series, so it's fine if you do or don't. Uh, I got another episode coming out next week. That should be interesting. We do one of these a week. Try to get them around 30 minutes long. I don't think we've actually hit 30 minutes yet. But we're working on it as we, as we slowly move along. And that's a good thing, honestly. So with all that being said, I'm Aiden Matthews. And I'm signing off. Bye, everybody. Mmm. Mmm. This hot chocolate's so good.